What would you like to do if money were no object? What, how would you really enjoy spending your life? Well, it's so amazing as a result of our kind of educational system, crowds of students say, well, we'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. Or another person says, well, I'd like to live an out-of-doors life and ride horses. I say, do you want to teach in a riding school? Uh, let's go through with it. What do you want to do? When we finally got down to something which the individual says he really wants to do, I will say to him, you do that. And uh, forget the money. Uh, because <laughs> if you, you know what I noticed one time? say that getting the I money know which is episode, the most important. But I noticed you're, you're like a deep you breather. You will spend your life. And it was only that one episode. I don't remember which one. But <laughs> you sound like you were just like heavy breathing. Living, yeah. So then I heard no, that once. And I'm very self-conscious of it. Like I always think I'm a heavy breather when I'm speaking now. And I almost sometimes when you're speaking, I turn to the side to breathe. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like I'm just some creeper standing over your shoulder breathing on you. <laughs> well, I um I know and like I it's embarrassing because it almost sounds like you're out of like you're out of shape. Yeah. Because you, you associate that with like out of shape people. Yeah. And I remember there was this programmer we used to work with who was remote for a while. And when we'd be on, we'd do a, a daily Skype stand-up kind of a thing. And we'd put him on the big the big screen while because we were in person. He was the only one who, who wasn't there. Yeah. And <laughs> as we That's went the around the room, you could hear this like... <sighs> It was so awkward, and he was kind of a heavier set dude, and it it, it, it just, showed it showed in yeah, his voice. I, I guess uh -huh. so. And and last week I was purposely trying to stay so close. Uh, we got feedback that I cut out, and it wasn't the people thought the audio cut out. It was just me tilting my head or moving back in my chair. So, I'm oh, not, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm gonna get one of those. It's like a boom mic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I I move around and then what I can do is I can just move. So I attach it to my desk on like an arm and then I can just move the microphone closer to my face when I want to lean back in my chair or when I want to stand up or something. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Real talk, Kent. When you want to, are you the type of guy who, if you want to work out, you're going to buy the running shoes, the headband, the Apple Watch, the yes. heart rate monitor Yes. before you step into the gym. No, no. Maybe after I've been in the gym a few times. Okay, here's the kind of person I am. <laughs> okay. So I will, if I go to the gym, Yeah. if I go to the gym, I will buy a pair of shoes for the gym and then I have a pair of shoes at home too. So... And I'll buy deodorant and soap and shampoo and gel and everything for the gym. And I'll have it at home too. And I'll get the locker at the gym. You'll like rent a locker? Yeah. Okay. So I will double up and pay money when it increases my likelihood of doing the thing that I'm trying to do. So okay. in this case, it's like I'm – no. So I'm not like I'm not the kind of guy who – would go out and buy a thousand dollars worth of snowboarding gear if I've never gone snowboarding before. My my brother in law is like that. It's it's hilarious. He loves getting all the toys. And to to, be, to his credit, he he 
tends to learn things quickly that it's not a waste. Like he kind of grows into the the tools, but I, mm. I know what you mean. So I think I've earned a, a boom, a $27 boom for my <laughs> for my microphone just because it if it makes me feel more relaxed, I feel like I'll have more fun and yeah, just be, yeah. you know, better energy and stuff. But No, it's true. My I'm just saying that because my, my brother's like that. He if he's gonna do something, he's gonna get all he's gonna drink all the Kool-Aid, buy right. all the gear, and he's gonna go like once, maybe twice, and then that's it. And then he just has a whole bunch of junk he doesn't use anymore. Which is which is in itself a pencil problem. Oh, a huge pencil problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um so I'm listening to a pretty interesting book. Let me find the name of it. It's called Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. really interesting. I can't uh, if I can remember this, but she outlines that there's these four types of people. So I think it's upholder, questioner, rebel, and obliger. That's it. So mm-hmm. an upholder yeah. is somebody who can do things that they want to do. So if they set a goal, they will do it because they mm-hmm. said they would do it. And if somebody gives them a goal, they will do that as well. So they're like the ultimate kind of person, but there's very few people like in surveys and stuff, only like 1% of people self-select for this um, upholder. Then an obliger okay. is someone who needs somebody else to keep them accountable. So the best example is like going to the gym. That's why I remembered this. So sorry, you, up- you you just you you just cut out obliger. What's oh, an obliger? Sorry. So an obliger needs external uh, valid uh, ex- external accountability. So yeah, the best example is the gym. So let's go through all four for the gym. It's like if you're an upholder, you just say, "Wow, I need to work out," and you just do it regardless. Mm-hmm. You just like internally motivated, really really powerful stuff. The obliger is. You would say, "Come on, Kent. We're going to go to the gym three times a week, and mm-hmm. and I have to, and I'm encouraged to go with you, and that actually increases my likelihood of of yeah. like making it happen." A yeah. questioner is like, "You know, why do I want to go to the gym? Can I? Is there a better way to do this? Can I get a treadmill desk? Can I, you know, add yeah. <laughs> exercise to my life in other ways? Like, do I really need to go to the gym?" And then the rebel is like, "Fuck that! I don't need to exercise, and I'll do it whenever I feel like it." Kind of thing. Extreme examples, but. The funny thing is what you said is there's like there's other things that once you figure out what one of those four you are, I'd love to find mm-hmm. out which one you think you are. Um it there's another thing that like there's all these other things that you start to get more likely to um kind of be put in that bucket and one of them is an overspender or an underspender. So are you someone who buys all the gym gear or you know brings your shoes from home or and depending on one of those four, you can predict a lot of what other things you're going to kind of do. It's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think I'm a obliger. I, I need like external accountability or goals. Like I have, uh, so right now me, me and my buddy at work, we work out every Tuesday and Thursday at Good Life. So every time we don't go, we have to put $5 into the pot. Oh yeah, and you're the an person, obliger. Yeah, yeah, the person who goes to the gym more in that month collects everything in that pot, and if we go equal amounts, it gets rolled over to the next month. And um, are, you, are you putting this in I, like? I, uh, I, yeah. Is this like uh, cryptocurrency or is this real money? 
No, just real, real money. Cash. <laughs> hard hard cash. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. Real, real money. Not, not, not the entire money. <laughs> okay. Are, are, right. Are you, are you a questioner? Are, are you a questioner? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Oh. I, I think, but I think everybody's kind of a little bit of everything sometimes. I don't know. I yeah, guess I think, you're, yeah, you're looking at so. where you dominantly are, right? I think, yeah. So her, her, her kind of thing is that you tend to fall. This book is all about habit formation. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is I hadn't really thought about it that, you know, you read a book, like there was that one really, you know, best-selling book about how to create habits. Mm-hmm. And she she tears it down in the first couple chapters because what you realize is that that book was written by an upholder for upholders. So mm-hmm. most of the strategies that he outlines in that book, he looked at really successful people. And mm-hmm. really successful people tend to be upholders or rebels. And mm-hmm. most people are obligers or questioners. So mm. she kind of digests a lot of the habit formation theory or tips or hacks, whatever you want to call them, and categorizes them into, mm-hmm. okay, so if you're an obliger, here's a way that you could modify this to make yourself more likely to do it. Or, you know, yeah, if yeah. you're, so it's, I don't know, it's kind of fluffy, to be honest. Like there's, I, I'm listening to it at 2x, 2.5x, because it's, a lot of it's kind of, I don't how know. Do you like listen, how do you, how do you, dude okay because you're younger than me i'm gonna just call it like <laughs> i find you you, you millennial people how because I, I can say wait, this, wait, i'm wait. a borderline millennial i'm not official i actually i might be officially a millennial are you, are you 81 are you 81 i'm 81 yeah yeah you're that, that uh, means i'm a millennial right i'm right think, on the cusp right yeah i think you're on the cusp um like you're not the first person like it's just some of these younger people i talk to they they all listen to podcasts and everything at like one and a half times, two and a half times. Like how how do you how do you even hear anything, bro? I go three x on some books. <laughs> if it's if it's, if it's more than, if it's more than twenty hours, I'm I'm going three x. Okay, hang on. It depends on what I'm reading. Okay. And remember, when I whenever I say reading, replace the word listening because I don't read anymore. I, I listen to ninety five percent of my my content. Um, there are some books that I would never speed through, but I don't know. You just kind of get the message. You just, I think we, I don't know if we (laughs) talked about this before, but I listened to this podcast and the guy had a, his name is Naval. I think I've talked about him before. He had this really interesting insight that I'd never thought of. I'm a self-help junkie. I read so many self-help books and business books. And he breaks down how they all have the exact same pattern. So chapter one is a story that anchors the main message of the book. Chapter two is a summary of what you're about to hear. Then Mm -hmm. every chapter is same basic format. So Mm -hmm. it's a story about the main theme of the chapter then they kind of outline what they're going to talk about in the chapter, and then they talk about what they want to talk about, and then the rest of the chapter is filled with examples to reinforce the message of the chapter. Then repeat <laughs> seven or ten times, and then summarize it at the end, and you're done. So yeah. his his thing is like, just listen to the first chapter, or like listen to the first yeah. chapter, then listen to the first five minutes of every other chapter, and that's it. You're done. Like you don't yeah. need to listen to all. If if you get it, if you read it, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. 
then yeah. don't don't listen yeah. to all the examples. Yeah. Like you don't need to. You you got it, man. Like just move on to the next one. So I think with the with the two X one, like in this one, I I feel like I've got a good handle on habits and habit formation. I don't feel like I'm I could I could be better, but I'm not. I don't feel like I'm failing in that department. I just wish I was a little bit better with some things. And she was on Tim Ferriss's podcast, and I liked some of her advice and ideas. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Well, that's what happens when you talk with your hands and you have a pop filter now in front. I just knocked down. Hang on. Let's just get that reset. Uh, We'll edit all this out in post. Oh, boy. Now I just hit the microphone. Okay, hang on. Don't edit out. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) You can just picture me like flailing my flailing my hands around as I'm talking to my microphone. This right um, here is the lifeblood of the pod right here, man. The realness right here. This is it. This is real. And okay, long story short, if it's something that I am looking to pick up a couple things, I will two to three exit. If it's a new concept that that I really want to digest, especially if it's read by the author, yeah, I will listen to it at normal... Um, at normal non-ketone speed. Okay. <laughs> so I, I've actually, um, I downloaded the Blinkist app. and ah, I got a lot I've to been, say about this. So I've been trying to listen to this. I, I haven't paid for it yet because I'm not sure how I feel about it. But every day there's a different book you can get for free. Right. And you get the, you know, the five, ten minute kind of Coles Notes reading through the book, right? And I, it's, it's, it's not enough. Um, it's not enough because... Okay, it's either not enough or the books that I am reading or that I thought I was getting useful information from is are actually very fluff and useless. I'm not sure. Um, but there was one, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was talking about um, leaders or something. And that was the do people lead and they were talking about this like rugby team and how the leaders of the team aren't necessarily the star player but they're the ones who you know um show a lot of grit that the team kind of rallies behind and i don't know i like when i i got the cole's notes and i was like i'm probably missing something because this seems really fluff to me and there must be better examples or are you just pulling is this guy just pulling examples from examples that work and you're like really self-selecting to kind of make your point and um i don't know i it I, I yeah i'm not sure if it was just the book or if it was the the actual summary being shallow uh, I, my mom and i were just talking about this because she knows that i listen to things at 2x and she sent me the unmarketing blinkist uh book okay. and we got into a talk about about blinkist I tried to. I pay for it. I, okay. I I tried to get into it. I think I've read almost the entire catalog, and I agree with you. I'm. I probably will cancel. I I might have bought like a year. I don't even remember. I I love the idea of it so much. I I didn't even look at reviews. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> like this is for me. Like this is exactly my style. Yeah. And I, I almost see it. I almost see them as advertisements for the book. So yeah. everyone's told me to read on marketing. I read the blink the blinkist and I basically walked away with okay, so referrals are the most important thing in marketing. And 
if that really is the point of the book, then shame on my friends for recommending it. I don't need to spend $30 yeah. to find out that I should keep loyal customers and, and reward loyal cut. Co- like that's literally yeah. all I got from, from the blink. And yeah. now maybe that, maybe that's actually what the book is about and you can reduce it to three or four concepts, yeah. but yeah. the, the other one I listened to was this, the, the one about Peter Drucker's management. It's like a really famous management book and okay. same idea. It's like, Lead by example, you know, um, have principles. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is the biggest waste of time. And then you think, though, maybe that really is the message of the book. And so I, it's either super genius and they do such a good job of condensing it that that really is the four points. But mm-hmm. I, I walked away feeling like I need to read this book. This was, this or, was, not, or, this was not good enough. Or did you walk away feeling like this book is garbage? I wouldn't want to read the full thing. Well, with unmarketing, yeah. really, the amount of like hub, like the hubbub I've been hearing for years about how revolutionary this book is, and right now, if you ask me, what's the point? It's that you most companies spend too much money trying to acquire new people, and you should take care of the people you have. That's it. That's the book, <laughs> which is pretty like general standard fare. Really? Yeah, and then and like but to to, yeah, to Naval's point though, the I'm sure I'm just guessing here, but I'm, I'm sure if I bought the book, that it would just be filled with different examples of different companies who have done really interesting loyalty programs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, like, to kind of counter that idea, there is something about getting that inspiration to see what others are doing, and then maybe mm-hmm. that spurs ideas in your mind. But that's easily something I could three x. Because mm-hmm. I do believe in that kind of subconscious processing that your your brain is processing way more. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. So so I just like listen to it, and I don't even try to pay attention. It's weird. I I I listen, but I'm not listening. I, it's almost like I'm. It's like flowing through me, and then some of it sticks, and some of it doesn't. And um, like the one I'm three. When you hear something interesting, do you, do you, do you just stop it and rewind, or you just three x the whole thing? No, yeah, and I'll you, stop you it. I'll stop get. it and I'll stop it and rewind. Um, so, like, I'm trying to read a lot of history, but I don't have time mm-hmm. to read a lot of history. So, mm-hmm. or I never like if I ever have a choice to read, like, um, so on on Audible, I got like the Great Courses uh, series. They have these like 45 hour uh, university lectures about the history of China, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the history of Western civilization or or the history of philosophy. And I find that really interesting. I'd love to learn all that. But if I 3X it, I start to just pick up the highlights. It's like, oh, okay. So, you know, there was, I don't know. It's, it's like I kind of get the the broad strokes, which is enough for me. Um, mm. But I, I would I, much okay. rather 3X yeah. it than use Blinkist. I, I I think so. I I I think I would rather three exit than blink. Cause I haven't tried three xing. I think that sounds insane. I think that that's like ludicrous speed. But I still think I'd get more out of the book or appreciation of the book than I would with Blinkist. I think Blinkist just makes a almost like a mockery of the book because it's so it just condenses it down to something so shallow. It feels like. So uh, I, I realized we didn't really do talk too much about what we're gonna talk about today, but. This kind of leads me into a question I wanted to ask you. So, um, 
Do you, like, do you mind if I take a related tangent? Yeah. So I hadn't logged into Medium in a while. Mm-hmm. And I logged back in and noticed that I had about 50 more followers than I uh, you know, had before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of uncommon. I don't normally get that many followers. It's probably been like two weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? Where did I get this from? So I, I started looking through where they were coming from or where the claps were coming from. And for a little while, I started kind of reviewing books. So I, I every time I would read a book, I would write a little kind of blurb about it. And I did that maybe four or five times and tried mm. to make it a habit. And then I didn't. And I walked away from it. And that's a great, great, great idea, by the way. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I, I did, I did that for a little bit, maybe for one or two books, and I thought I retained it a lot better. Yeah. So, and that was my question. Even though I'm getting followers from it, that's that's really not what was interesting. I realized that the the books that I put down that I wrote articles about, I really do know a lot. Like I retained a lot of those those mm-hmm. books, and one of them, I one mm-hmm. of them, I did two X. I didn't. Okay. 3xing is kind of insane truthfully i wouldn't start with 3xing i would start with 2xing 3xing sounds like alvin and the chipmunks so you're i think i gotta start at one one and a quarter maybe no 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 you gotta jump to two train your brain start with a podcast start with joe rogan or bill simmons or something where you just really train your ear to um yeah yeah. but some some things are enjo- you need to enjoy it at at the pace it is at that it's supposed to be at you know like if well sure if you only if want somebody, to read five things yeah. a week but if you want to read ten things a week you got to double that speed up <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to do more with less I think I don't know I'm not sure I okay I, I have a oh, well okay finish, finish your your tangent and I have another tangent on this tangent. No, that's it. Like, do you think there's a, do you take notes when you read was kind of the question. Do you, do you, uh, yeah. Do you make, do you write things down? Do you like have a notebook as you're going? Do you go back to books you've read and like, do you mark them up? Do you turn the pages? Like, how do you, what's that tactile experience for you? Or do you Kindle and then highlight? Like, like, what do you do? Okay. So, so like the last book I really highlighted and took notes on was Creativity Inc., uh, about like Pixar and the story of Pixar, uh, because I thought a lot of things were really relevant for Sago and yeah. just like how people run like a creative company. And, um, you know, some things we even borrowed from that book, which I thought were great. Um, so anyways, I did that for that, that book. Generally when I'm reading, I, so I've abandoned the Kindle. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into Kindle life anymore because, um, it just wasn't tactile enough for me. I thought it tried to model some of that, which was great because it shows you like what other people highlighted. Um, you can kind of like bunny ear virtual bunny ear pages and stuff. It was cool. Um, but I just missed like the physical book. So on a physical book, I generally like, like I don't use bookmarks generally because I just kind of lose them and I'm kind of sloppy that way. So I just kind of, um, you know, bunny ear the book. Uh, the page that I, I leave off on. So by the end of like a book, it's like bunny eared all over the place. And I don't, there's no real proper order to it. Um, sometimes I try to bunny ear the top for what my page was that I left off. And I bunny ear the bottom for interesting things that I, oh, I thought was really good. Smart. Yeah. I like that system. So wait, you um, bunny ear, the top is a position marker and then the bottom is, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You're getting like two dimensions of, 
yeah of yeah. a bunny ear but yeah. <laughs> bunny ears right there right um but i often find myself not coming back to it enough you know I, I don't know if you you find this but sometimes i'm like I'll, I'll mark it i'm like that was cool but if i don't write it down i just eventually forget about it you know it was interesting at the moment but i guess i can pick up any of my books and just kind of look at the where the bunny ear was and be like oh, okay there was something here but i sometimes don't do that exercise I oftentimes don't do the exercise. Yeah, and that's interesting because so much of my content's audioed. I tried for a while taking bookmarks, so you know, clipping um, Audible lets you just put a bookmark in if like a mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. an interesting part. That didn't last long because I listen normally while I'm cleaning or while I'm walking, and I don't want to like get hit by a car. So mm-hmm. I I stopped doing that for physical books. I do. I, I just do the earmark and I, and I write up on it if I or I'll, I don't highlight but I'll scribble something or write notes but truthfully a lot of that's just like to make me look cool I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's I feel like a real like I don't know I, I feel cooler if I write things in my book because like I want Jack one day to be reading this book and be like oh I wonder what dad meant when he when he said Deep thoughts like, by dad yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh but the truth is that I I know I'm never going to look at them. It's the same yeah. with me with notebooks in a meeting. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll write notes in a meeting, and a lot of times I may as well just be like scribbling. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't I, I don't even really look. At, it's it's to make me, it's to force me to not look at my laptop. And yeah. I've if I'm meeting with my boss, I will tend to write down things, and then I'll go back to my desk right away, like within five minutes and transfer that to OmniFocus Mm. um, because I just haven't gotten to a habit of going back to my books. Even like like idea books and stuff, oh, I'll scribble things and I file them away. I've never in my life looked at one of my old idea books. And so, but I, yeah, I I do think that I, but I re-listen to a lot of books too. So, I have four or five books that every year I re-listen to at some point oh. during the year. It's not like it's not like on a schedule. It's just I tend to be like, you know what? It's time for me to. Um, and books Wait, do you, help. Do you actually read it or you listen to it at three? Sorry, hours? sorry. I, no, 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 no. I listen to it f- like just at regular pace. And oh, okay. The, they're kind of the books that I know are really important that I need to remember the concept mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i have a very deep deep understanding of these books and those which, are kind which, of like which, my which, reading, are the four? Reading. Which, which are the four? Oh gosh now you're putting me on the spot here um i know three of them i'm, I'm as soon as okay. i said four i was like i wonder if he's gonna ask me because i can't remember the fourth so but once I mean, you put that number you you kind of knew was gonna i was gonna ask i i honestly didn't but i was thinking about it so <laughs> the 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 one every year is um black the black swan by okay. nasim taleb okay. and um also his other one called anti fragile which i think is hmm. really one of the most interesting books kind of i've ever read and i think it's just very misunderstood um mm-hmm. the war of art by uh, stephen pressfield which is all about just oh that one fucking- i think you sent me that book I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where is it here? Um, Extreme Ownership 
by Jocko Willink, the, that Navy SEAL guy who... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, I find that the the ideas there are really good. Um, I just finished this one called Principles by Ray Dalio, which is now on my re-listen to list. So okay. I'll definitely be listening to that. The Power of Now, um, Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, whatever. Um, I the, find that I just get into this very happy with everything in my life state when I re-listen to that book. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever read that one? No, I've never. Yeah, it's really good. It's, I mean, it's a very kind of spiritually hippy-dippy kind of book, but it's, um, it's definitely, it's up there. This one mm -hmm. isn't on my, it's not on my yearly kind of list, but I, I've listened to it probably three or four times. Is that Thinking Fast and Slow? Yeah. Um, I just, I have that. It's on, That's my next book, actually. I'm going to Oh, read. nice. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I've got uh, two Alan Watts books that I... Um, I just love listening to Alan Watts. I, I find his voice so kind of. Oh my hypnotic. god, the best man! Did yeah. you were you the one that put me on Alan Watts? Maybe. I think uh, you did. Like I, I think you gave me like a hard drive. Of yes, with like 16, 16 hours. Dude, that it's was, the best. That was me. It's, it's the best man. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I listen to I listen, it. All I listen the time. to it constantly. Yeah. And it, it's it's really weird because it's kind of hypnotic, and sometimes it's I don't even know what he's saying. Because it's so deep and his voice is just, it's so, like he's saying something that's just going to, if I really listen, it's going to like change my life, it feels like. That I have to, I end up just rewinding it over and over and listening to that, like the same, like, I don't know, like proverb he's saying or the same like two sentences. Um, so well, I find yeah. it actually, I enjoy it, but I find it hard to, to like listen to casually. What I find fascinating about him is it's almost like, a horoscope or a fortune cookie. Mm -hmm. I can turn on Alan Watts at any random. I can just just you know buffer to any random spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'll listen for five minutes, and I will find a way to relate what he's talking about to my life in that moment. Like something about what he's saying. I'm like, oh, I did that last week, or yeah, I do think like that, or and, and I. He to me is just on another level of of well, wisdom or whatever you call it. Like just, yeah. and a lot of it's just how he talks. I think he has this this gift of speech, and yeah. what's amazing. So I, I um, that was actually the first project I backed on Kickstarter. It was it was his son uh, got a movie like a documentary about uh, Alan Watts uh, made. And mm. what's fascinating is that he never prepared for like any of those lectures. They really were what? really yeah, like he, he didn't have like canned speeches or anything. He would um, like one of his most famous ones. It's a four hour talk he gave at IBM of all places. Okay. And it's uh, so if you Google like Alan Watts, IBM, you can find the YouTube uh, it's cut into like, you know, all these different links and stuff. But yeah, like literally they just went in and said like, just, you know, just talk. Uh, the engineers want to hear you talk about um, kind of the the nature of the physical world with the ephemeral kind of world or something. Like that was the, the topic. And then, he just like lays down four hours of pure, like you just, every, like I say, every minute you're like, damn, like, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. Or it's, and it's yeah. funny. Like he's very funny too. Anyway. So he, he, so for those who don't know, he, he's like a, um, and he he passed away, but he's like a North American American Eastern philosopher. Um, 
so he touches on like a lot of Buddhism, Taoism, um, Hinduism, Hinduism. Uh, but man, just yeah. Oh, if you guys haven't, if you haven't heard of Alan Watts, you should just just YouTube it and just be hypnotized by one of these lectures. And and actually, um, he but has it's some... your soul, right? Though. Well, and he has um, some great like people have cut really those kind of like motivational, yeah, like like music oh, and like all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. to a lot of his yeah. talks, and they're very yeah. powerful. Like, there's one um about like what would you do if money was no uh, was no issue and i, I mm-hmm. i'll watch it like i have it bookmarked and if i'm ever feeling kind of in a rut i'll just throw that on it's like three minutes and you're you just get this like yeah like i don't know it's it's really uh yeah. he definitely and so it's interesting he kind of had a similar um sort of talking about like the book um like i'll bet you alan watts was a 2x reader because his his whole thing was um oh, i'm gonna butcher this but it's like when you when you or okay hang on it's like when you pick up the phone you get the message and then you hang it up or something so the idea is it was actually he was talking about psychedelics and people would ask him you know like you know should you do psychedelics and stuff and his whole thing was like well if you've never had any kind of mystical experience then sure yeah do do some mushrooms do some dmt but you don't have to do it like all the time. Like you literally have to do it once and you're going to see mm-hmm. this, like that there's this other world beyond this world. And then that's it. You can just like hang up the phone. You don't need to like, you don't, you don't need have to live to, like, there. You just have to see yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just yeah. have to know it's there and that yeah. will change your life. And it doesn't yeah. just, so once you get the message, just hang up the phone. Like that was kind of the, his whole kind of thing. And I, with books now, I used to always read books till the end. And now it's like, when I get the message, it's just hang up. I'm good. Yeah. And then I'll move on to the next yeah. one. And, uh, yeah, but man, Alan Watts, um, but you're, you're so right about, you can just go to any random Alan Watts video and just forward to any point and you're going to get some really deep nugget and that you can chew on for like almost the whole day or, or longer. Um, and I found, okay. So my, my friend, Alice, uh, um, he's like my, my artist friend Alice, at some point, but she so I met with her um, over the, the break, and she was telling me that uh, she really uses the Tao Te Ching, and she has a book. And whenever she's feeling down or lost or confused, she just flips to a random passage and finds comfort in it. So she she told me this, and then so I was like, okay, cool. So I I, I picked up a copy of Tao Te Ching, and I do the exact same thing now, and I actually kind of like it. Um, I don't fully grasp it all the time but you interpret it how you interpret it but it's always like just makes me step away and makes me kind of look at my life from like i guess the outside a little bit yeah no i um i i remember reading that and yeah i i really haven't gone back to that one before but mm-hmm. i know what you mean where at least like the the critics of the book or the 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 fans of the book kind of say that you know, Lao Tzu was definitely. If anybody was enlightened, he was. Yeah. He was. He was, or he was pretty damn close. Like the, the, or like I remember someone described it as like you, you read that book and you. It's almost like you've heard it before. You know it's true, but you can't mm-hmm. quite kind of put your finger on it. You can't. You can't yeah. grab onto why it's true. But there's some yeah. like deep, like oh wow, like yeah, that that's that's right. <laughs> but you so, don't know why. I, yeah, and I okay. So I, I just went to the Tao Te Ching um, online. Um, what was it sorry the Tao Te Ching dot com? 
So a random passage. So it has a whole book here. Random passage, uh, 47. Without opening your door, you can open your heart to the world. Without looking out your window, you can see the essence of the Tao. The more you know, the less you understand. The master arrives without leaving, sees the light without looking, achieves without doing a thing. And it's it's something, it's just, it's like, it's a passage like this. I don't, like you interpret it how you interpret it, but it's almost like you have to just stop what you're doing and try to digest it. It's not like one of those things where I, I can listen to, I'm listening to a book and listening to a podcast at like 5X or something right now. It's like, I, I need to pause. And I think that's, maybe what i like about it hmm. do you know That's what i mean yeah no I, I i totally do and i um but i but i'd be curious i get like let's say you listen to because it's not a long book i think i have it on no. i have it on my audio book here mm-hmm. and i think it's like let me see if i've got it yeah so it's an hour and 40 minutes so mm-hmm. i wonder if you listen to it you know once a month or Mm -hmm. once every two weeks or something like if you just to me this is that one where you wouldn't need to pay a lot of attention you could even have it on in the background or something Mm -hmm. and the words over time will start to like with like with alan watts there are some of his lectures or his talks where i can almost do the talk i've listened to it so many times that i i know what he's gonna say and i don't care like I, i i just i uh, and but i feel like i've really interpreted a lot of those deep kind of messages so i wonder if you just kind of let that wash over you once every couple mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. if you would internalize it more but almost again subconsciously where you wouldn't be sitting there trying to contemplate i don't know i mean that's probably not the spirit that it was written in i, I think he wants you to contemplate it every day yeah. or or yeah. every you know um yeah it's interesting um Oh, you, uh, my brain triggered when you, when you mentioned your friend, I lost it. No, no, I'll, uh, uh, if it comes back, I'll, I'll remind you. But anyways, like it's, um, I, I just find it weird. Like I read a passage and I, I need to literally stop what I'm doing for like five minutes hmm. and just read it over and just stop and think. And I, it, it's, it's calming in that way, I guess, just being present, um, and I think I I realize this is actually what I enjoy about the podcast more than anything else. And you you talked to, you talked about this before too, but I do feel like when we start conversing because we're not doing a hundred different things, I'm not like refreshing my basketball scores and checking out my fantasy team and whatever else I'm doing. It just I'm I'm really present in the conversation, and in that I feel like almost energized at the end of it like after we do a pod i generally can't sleep right away oh i i do my i do a lot of work on these nights i i feel so i i ride the energy for a couple hours for sure yeah and uh, um th- that's interesting i wonder if it is just that heightened awareness or that charged kind of feeling um, but i think you just get that from being present hmm. like fully present you know and it's just it, it's like kind of like being having that sense of flow um, you know, when, when you're like, say, programming or something and you're just getting in a really groove, good groove or you're playing a video game, you're just like this amazing groove. And it's almost like in this pod when, or just in our conversations, I guess, because we're not doing anything else. Um, 
but anyways i yeah so it's interesting i find that about the pod i find that about the Tao Te Ching and uh but yeah do you, do you have any do you have any books that you revisit oh okay this is i'm gonna sound like uh like very juvenile here but uh the one book i read every year multiple times a year, multiple times in the year is um oh the places you'll go by dr zeus mm-hmm. <laughs> um i just find that book really comforting yep um because yeah i don't know it's just really it, it's a kid's book but it is so like relevant i guess to everybody's life no matter at what point you are in your life um so that's when i'm like kind of feeling my oh uh, i don't know how i'm feeling about things i, I feel a little lost or whatever i, I read the old places you'll go by dr zeus hmm. i like that that's um uh, yeah, I remember that one got me, I, I, I think I got like kind of emotional when I read that for the first time. Because I read it really like I was, I was like, maybe Jack was already born. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like as soon as I had kids, man, I I cry in every Disney movie, every Pixar Fuck. movie. But but like <sighs> even if I've seen it like a hundred times, I'll like, I'm not like bawling, but I definitely get like that, oh my God, like I'm, if I was by myself right now, I would, I would ugly cry. But I'm gonna hold it together because <laughs> I'm not gonna be that dad. But there's um Dude, it it's terrible, man. I okay. For the record, I haven't cried in like a decade. Okay. <laughs> you I, I just don't like, even when I, I just I'm just generally I'm kinda cold like that. And even when no, I, I was wouldn't born, say you're I didn't cold. Cry. You're, you're 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 stoic. You're like um you're not cold though. there's a warmth to you all the time. But I, you're, yeah. But you're I'd say you're you're stoic sure um but i basically went a decade without crying <laughs> and then even when abby was born i didn't cry but then there's times where i just watch like a commercial with like yeah the, okay you know like Lin- Lindsay vaughn like the uh american uh yeah she, like yep. a s- snowboarder yep. or something or skier or something a uh, skier downhill skier was, or like, something yeah downhill skier yes yes so there's a commercial with her and it shows her like like a childhood home video when she's like a baby and she's like you know, maybe actually like four and she's like skiing for the first time and it's like a home video right and shows shows her like growing up with her, her um, and then getting to an injury and all that but then when they show those videos I even I even I feel like I get like choked up I'm like whoa 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 what the fuck is that going on right now oh yeah and it's it's Dude, really pa- weird so man the the Olympics so Pam I think it's Pampers they had this incredible I think it's still one of my favorite commercials where it it just shows you kind of like you said but it's like showing you these like babies who are like falling over and then yeah and then parents yeah. are picking them up and then like falling over picking them up and then like the 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 babies are getting older and they're playing hockey and they get injured and they're taping them up and the kids are crying and the parents are and you're like where's this going and then you realize it's like then they're at the olympics and the parents are in the stands watching them and it's yeah. like you know your kid or like you know yeah, here's to all the moms who, you know, picked their, like, basically, if it wasn't for the parents, these kids would not be at the Olympics. And, oh, man, like, I even now, like, I've got goosebumps as I'm, as I'm explaining it, like, it's just a, I, yeah, and so, and I, I think a lot about this, because um, one of the new lenses in life that I'm using, which could make me kind of cold, and I have to be careful how much I talk about it with, like, other people, because it can make me feel kind of like a robot <laughs> or like I feel even uncomfortable with some of my own thoughts. Cause I feel kind of weird and robotic, but 
I'm starting to try on this lens of like so much of our life is dictated by a lot of these like evolutionary impulses. So mm-hmm. you can explain a lot of human behavior if you think, okay, why why do I feel this way? I must have had a survival advantage, you know, thousands of years ago, or else I wouldn't have the the neurochemical pathways to make me feel this way. So like how did this serve mm-hmm. our ancestors? And I don't I'm sure it's not even it's not my theory, but I'm I'm sure that like with kids, you just I mean that that is what you're here for now. So once you have a child, you that's your survival that's that's your survival mechanism now. Your genes are now in this vehicle. So yeah. you're going to you're going to do whatever you can obviously to protect them. And then all these little emotional cues, I feel like just reinforce your identity as a parent and strengthens the bond with your child, which then makes you hopefully a better parent and you know, you watch that commercial and you're like, yeah, I'm going to pick my kid up. Like, I'm going to yeah. never let them give up. I'm going to never let them. And I think the emotion that you feel is almost this like, it, it, I don't know if this is the right way to look at it, but in my mind, it's like, um, it's fee- it's positive feedback. It's your body telling you what you're thinking right now is the right emotion. Like, mm you're you're on the right track and to to tell you you're on the right track i'm going to reward you with this like euphoric feeling that makes you cry because this is how a successful parent thinks like if you're thinking this way your child has a better chance of surviving or something like that so hmm. i don't know yeah, that's like maybe. my yeah. that's like my my little pet theory but um I, yeah, yeah, it it could very well be. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking, yeah, in, in my head, it's almost like, okay, so I was watching this America's Got Talent uh, episode. I don't know, Alicia was showing me, and there's this girl. I think she had like a, I want to say like a heart disease. It was like a, uh, it was like a really serious health scare. She got better, and she wanted to be like the next Whitney Houston. And she comes on the stage, and um, her parents are there on the side. She kills it, like murders the song, and she's singing like a Whitney Houston song, um, the standing ovation, and then they they pan to the parents, and then they're just crying because they're overwhelmed with joy. Of course, and yeah. then and I start crying, and I'm like, yeah. what is going? Yeah. Why am I crying? Yeah. But then I started thinking about this more. So Alicia started like breaking my balls because like, you know, I just don't I don't generally cry, and she's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> what the hell's going on here, right? Um, but then I guess watching that it puts me in the position of those parents and i'm feeling yeah. like maybe that's going to be abby and um i'm feeling what they're probably feeling right now like that's just immense feeling of like just just proud and um you know joy and happy for your you know your your, your kid who's overcome so much and she's like destroying right now right yeah um oh i i think about that sometimes just like i look at I look at my kids and I, I try to telegraph in the future, like, can you imagine like when they're, and I mean, this sounds so cliche, but I, I definitely, I've had those like, um, you know, like, uh, here, I have to watch out or I'm going to start to get, uh, I won't be able to say it on the, on the pod here. But like, when I like exercise now, like when I try to get fit, I'm doing it for like my kids. Yeah, like, that's actually yeah. what I visualize when I yeah. go in exercise and i'm like i'm going to you know and it's so cliche and so you know whatever but it's like i'm going to like walk emma down the aisle like that's going to be 
I'm going to do that. And I'm, and I, mm-hmm. and I see this, I, I don't know what she's going to look like when she's older, but I, I see this, this vision in my mind. And like, it's, um, it's crazy that you can, that one day that's going to be real. Like you're or like, sometimes when I'm with my dad, I'm like driving, you know, my dad's older now, you know, he had a stroke a couple of years ago. So he, he needs, um, he doesn't need like help. He's actually doing really well, but you mm-hmm. know, sometimes he, I can just tell like he, he doesn't want to ask for help, but I know mm-hmm. that if I go with him, he's going to appreciate it kind of thing. Yep. And yep. sometimes, in, you know, while we're driving, I'll have these moments like, this must be weird for him. Like I was this little annoying thing and now like I'm driving him around yeah. and like yeah. going with him to go like I it's so weird to think that one day Jack is going to be well, I guess we'll have self-driving cars, but like he'll be doing something for me when I can't do it for myself. Like it's just a it kind of it short circuits your brain. Like it's a weird kind of feeling. Yeah, like um I went with my dad to like a uh, a raptor game, and my dad's like seventy now, and it's just weird because it, it it was all good, and then he asked me, he's like, "Would you come to a game when you're 70? And I'm just like, "Whoa!" Like, I don't know. It was kind of crazy when I started thinking about it because I'm like, "Whoa!" If I'm 70, then I'd be my age or whatever, and she'd be coming with me to the game, and then because you forget that your parents are kind of like went through everything that you're going through right now right like we are yeah like they yeah yeah go, yeah sorry, go, yeah go on yeah. And everything that you're feeling when you're talking about like like um, choking up when you're watching these shows like or whatever like all these wave of emotions like our parents went through this for sure right and because you grow up and you don't remember those periods you just remember you know um like for me like i sometimes remember my parents being assholes to me about like i can't go out i can't do this or whatever you know but you i'm putting myself in in their shoes now as a parent and i'm like yeah i definitely i'd be she ain't going on she's not dating anybody until she's like 40 <laughs> you know <laughs> like she's not gonna yeah. date these people she's not gonna yeah. you know have these friends or you know um and she's gonna do like kumon and all these things and it's just like it's it's weird <laughs> because yeah <laughs> but all these things that i i know my parents threw on me i can see now why they would do that but it made absolutely no sense yeah at the time and, oh yeah no it yeah um, it's 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 weird to um yeah no it's definitely weird to think about that stuff and when we were talking about, um, remember we we talked about, um, you know, would you ever move to San Francisco or something, uh, you know, and I when you factor that in, it's really hard to leave Toronto. I think, for for me personally, um, oh, yeah, no, I I have this story. I won't tell it here because it's a long story, but I, I call it the. Um, the the three second decision that was four years in the making for me mm-hmm. and I really struggled with moving to San Francisco. I put my like without getting I won't go into all of it, but I really put my family through hell for a little while because I really wanted to move and I was like the only one who wanted to move. And then you know fast forward three years when you know I was in a much better place and I got a you know, very, by all objective standards, lucrative offer from Airbnb to go, like it was in my hand. It was like, here you go. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is everything you wanted. 
And it was the fastest no I've ever kind of said. And yeah. it was so definite. It wasn't yeah. even a, there, there wasn't even like a hint. It was like a hundred percent on one side. I was like, wow, that's really, that's really uh thank you. Very, that's, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm going to have to pass. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I'd be happy to help you try to find someone, but you know, I just don't think this is the right decision for, for me and for my family. And wow. But you know, thank you so much. And, and it, and I didn't, truthfully, I didn't know until that moment. Like, mm -hmm. I, because I said to myself, I'm not going to go to San Francisco. I'm not going to, you know, they, they flew us out there. They went, we, we had an interview process with Airbnb after um, they bought Tilt. And um, I really was still open to it. And Christina and I had talked about it. And like, we, we were like, okay, if it works, if it makes sense and all this kind of stuff. And like, it, it, really, when, when I was on that plane coming home, I was thinking there's a chance I'm going to be moving or like we're going to be moving to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then when it actually came time to make that call and I had it in my hand, it was the fastest no I've ever I've ever said. And yeah. every day I every day I know I made the right decision. And mm -hmm. and it's not some like and again I, I think back to like <laughs> this new lens I I'm trying on this like evolutionary lens like devil's advocate is that there's a very good reason why you don't think about it as a regret because it's in your best interest to, once you've made a decision for your family, your brain wants to, whether it was right or wrong, objectively, mm -hmm. it's going to want to protect you from those feelings of regret. So it's going to feed mm -hmm. you um, positive information as to the, to, to confirm the fact that you made the right decision, even though maybe you objectively didn't make the right decision or something. Um, but I, I don't even care. Like, even if that's what's happening, it doesn't matter. Like I mm. inside, I know that it's mm. like the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. And even if that means I'm limited in my career one day, or I'm not going to make as much money, or I'm not going to be famous and I'm only going to have 20 medium followers, who the fuck cares? Like I, I could get two got to do more, do more book Just reviews, more man. book reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there no, we go. We crazy. came full circle. There's a yeah. 40, 40 minute tangent, but uh, it connected, the, <laughs> closed the loop. But so, no, no, go on. What were you going to say? No, it's, um, you know, when you asked me about the Carnegie Mellon thing and why I didn't go. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Partly, part, partly it's because, you know, my, my dad, um, he was getting older and there was some health scares and I had to kind of be closer at home. But it was also like my nephew, like uh, Nolan, who's like the older one. He's like five now. Um, but he was about like um, he. I don't know. My like my 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 parent. Uh, sorry, my brother. My brother was. Uh, they were expecting at the time, um, and I would when I was at EA. Actually, I'd come back and I'd I'd see him and stuff. But it was um, it was weird because I was like, wow, this is really special, and I didn't want to leave. Um, Actually, sorry, my, my, my timelines are wrong. This is this is after, um, but I had thoughts about moving to San Francisco, like you. Like I had a, like that wet dream of like, oh, we're gonna this is the gold rush, and we're gonna we're gonna strike strike it rich in San Francisco. Um, a part of me, but then my nephew came along, and then I I felt like if I if I was gone from Toronto, I just wouldn't see this guy growing up, and I felt like that was something you couldn't get back, but you can always make money. You know. And uh, so that kind of sealed it for me in, in a way. Like I wouldn't want to leave Toronto for kind of that reason as well. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like it, 
cliches are cliche for a reason, but it's mm-hmm. you. It's a cliche that you can't buy that time back. But I think it's worth repeating because you you just can't do that. You you, you know, and, and I know we've talked about this before, where even like some, I, you know, it. One of the things I love about this podcast is it's funny. Someone um, uh, at at Hubba, so shout out to Cherry if uh, if you're listening to this one said that she appreciates that we're we're introspective and she thinks that's why she listens to it because we we think about our thoughts and we we get introspective and it it inspires her to think like that because she maybe didn't think like that or didn't think like that as much or something don't want to speak for but i think that was the kind of the gist of it and one of the things that i've actually learned as just talking through it on this podcast is that on wednesdays and thursdays when i'm kind of solo in the mornings and I have to bring my kids to to school, I can get really irritated with them like when I don't have backup. When it's just me and I'm like in single dad mode, it's terrifying. It's it's just like <laughs> I, I just I, I am such a different person because I'm my fuse is that much shorter and yeah. I just don't I, I kinda I'm kind of a dick. I just I'm all business. It's like let's get yeah. out of this house by eight thirty. Yeah. And that's even and still that's late. Like I'm yeah. I should be out of the house at seven thirty, but yeah. Um, but by by kind of talking through it on this podcast, I am so much better on Wednesdays and Thursdays now. I I kind of like yeah, like I, I really have reflected on my behavior. I kind of just talked really? through it. Yeah, it's weird. Well, we don't, don't we, don't, to... we don't talk about kids all the time though. No, but we talked about it a couple times, and I've or I've brought it up a couple times, and then okay. But it's like it's like hearing myself say it out loud. It. It, it it's like reflecting it back. I don't know. There, there's something about it that's stuck, and and then you know what? I'll talk about it to Christina though, because like she'll say tomorrow morning, "How was the podcast?" And I'll be like, "Oh, is it, it was good." Um, oh, you know, I, we talked kind of about kids for a bit, and oh, I brought up that fact that I'm kind of a dick on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and like, is that okay? Like, am I giving away too much? You know, our, our five yeah, yeah. listeners are, are learning yeah. a lot about about <laughs> our private life, and like, what if you run into one of these five people on the street, and um. So even just like getting reflect, like getting in the mindset when you, um, like when you have those moments with your dad at the Raptors game, like that's going to make you appreciate the moments, um, at home more. And I think, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'd, I'd love to ask my dad this question, but I don't think that was normal in their generation. No, I don't think they thought like this. Dude, my, or, my, or, or, I don't or think they my did, dad. They, they never said it out loud. They, they would, they would never talk about it. At least my dude. dad. My dad's a very kind of like old school kind of, kind of dude. So, dude, I'm straight like Asian, Asian family man. And, uh, well, as soon my, as you said Kumon, I was going to bring it up, but, um, <laughs> but I just figured that'd be racist. Dude, my, my, I don't think my dad ever changed a diaper. Um, oh, yeah. And cause I think, cause I was changing Abby's diaper. He's like, and he's like, I, n- I never had to do that. Your mom took care of that. <laughs> and, 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 like, okay, but hang on, but hang on. Did he, yeah. did he say it with like, okay, what was his, what was his, it, like, what was his attitude though when he was saying it to you? Was it like, was it kind of a regret? Like, wow, like you're such a no. good dad? Or was it like, wow, you're such a sucker? Like I never had he to think, do that. He, he thinks I'm soft. He, I definitely think he thinks I'm soft. <laughs> like for sure like he's like because you know he grew up in that time when you know my mom would take care of everything 
Right. So he's like, you know, why why do you like you? I, I should be hustling right now. I should be making serious oh, money. Yeah. I should be doing that. And you know, Alicia should be taking care of the others. So that's you know, that's kind of the era he grew up in. How and, how disappointed would he be if he found out that we had five listeners and we spent two hours a week doing this? <laughs> oh my god, I I'd be I'd be like I. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't hear the end of it man he would just he would just tell me how inefficient my time is i need to yeah. be power blocking my time i need to be he's, doing this and gonna, that he's gonna and... send you back to kumon oh god yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do your long division <laughs> um, but it's it's different man and i don't know like i think i don't know i think asian families are different i think my dad was a lot more strict and stern with me like when I was a kid, man, I got beat by everybody in my family. My grandma beat me, my parents beat me. Like, but it was just normal back then. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a uh, and yeah, no, it's a uh, and culturally, it's very different. Like even my wife, being Italian, she's second generation, but it's, hmm. uh, sorry, I guess third generation. But her parents were raised by first generation immigrants, and like it's it's like I'm like fourth generation, so I'm just as white bread Canadian, you know, yeah. as you get. Whereas she has a little bit of that kind of immigrant um, ethos where things were different in Southern Italy mm-hmm. and that didn't translate to, you know, um, some of the norms in Montreal or Toronto when her parents yeah. were raised and stuff. So like yeah. it's, and who are we to judge? Like that's just the, that's the time. I mean, you can't, um, but, and do you think that, is there a part of you that thinks he's right in in a, in a way like that? You, um, how do I say it? Like, because it's it's not about like my dad. I don't think he thinks I'm soft, but I think he, I think he looks at. I don't know. Maybe it's um, and it's different for me too because my wife is way smarter than me and is the breadwinner in our relationship and always has been like my wife is um um i I don't know so i wonder if he just sort of sees it as like okay okay sometimes i wonder if my dad sees it as like you could be doing more with your time like you don't have to actually do all this other stuff so it's not that i'm soft it's that i'm like i'm i'm spending too much time on on like jack doesn't need me to play with him every five minutes like jack can play with he can go play by himself you don't have to like be a dinosaur yeah. for two hours yeah. a night like yeah you know like spend 10 or 15 minutes oh. with the boy g- give yeah. him some love and attention and then like you can like go and <laughs> do your able cell orders at seven o'clock and i'm like no i want to do it at like 10 o'clock after the kids are asleep and he's like why just like go do it yeah <laughs> he, you know? he thinks you're soft man he thinks you're soft yeah yeah i guess so yeah i think um for sure <laughs> <laughs> But you know, okay. So and, so many titles for this episode. Like at first, I thought we were gonna go with like the, the like listening on two X. Then I was like, well, maybe we'll do like an Alan Watts. But now I think we're gonna. It's gonna come back to this. It's like soft or something like that. Soft boiled eggs might be the name of this. Uh, name of this maybe episode. maybe it almost feels like two pods. Man. We should maybe split it after. Once I, I think the trigger word was the the Doctor Zeus book. All the places we'll go. I think that I think that was a turning point. Yeah, and then we and then it became about parenting. And it became about um, us crying, watching commercials and crying. <laughs> it became about parenting. You know what? Um, Fuck it. I, I say we just I say we run with this one. Yeah, whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> um, 
Okay, but okay. Admittedly, I, I do think we're soft, but like <laughs> from their perspective, though, like my grandma, she grew up in the war time. Like right. she was straight. Like they were invaded by the Japanese. They, you know, she, my, 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 she lost a couple of her half sons in the war. She went, I traveled around China looking for them. Um, oh my God. She was like, you know, people came in and like kind of raided her village. People on and it was just crazy. Like some of the stories that they have, right? Like she had. Yeah, and that's she like. Basically, yeah. her, her, my grandfather lived in Jamaica. She was in China raising. Uh, or like Hong Kong, China ish, like raising my 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 dad and her his half brothers, which was from another like another mom, because that's just how they did back then. And you know she comes over to to you know they go to Jamaica, then they come to Canada, immigrate to Canada because there's better opportunities here. And she doesn't speak like a lick of English, and she speaks a dialect of Chinese that nobody really speaks. And really? so, yeah, and you know, I it's weird because I speak it too, but there's a very small population of people who speak this, so it's kind of a useless language <laughs> right now. So um, hang on. So if you go to Hong Kong, is it closer to Cantonese or closer to Mandarin? Closer to Cantonese, probably. And if you went to Hong Kong and started talking, they'd look at you like, would it be like someone from Newfoundland talking in Ontario, or is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, it, but it's quite different. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe like it, they they might be able to understand me. I I might be able to walk my way around in in. So I speak Hakka, which is like um, it's like a it literally means like um, guest person. Okay. So these are people who are nomads in like I guess uh, in China. Oh, okay. Almost like then, um like like. Uh... The way, like in England, they had like gypsy, like people who would yeah, wander yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, okay. And so, well, this is a whole other tangent, but there's a big, like, um, uh, I guess, exodus from China, and these Hakka people got spread all around the world. So, there's a huge Hakka population in India, which is kind of where Alicia's family is from, a big Hakka population like Jamaica, which is where like my family. I, I guess Whoa, a lot of hang from. on a second like alicia's the same like difference okay yes same general population of people Whoa. Like, uh, people. Was, it, was that was that like was that on on purpose or was that no but it was really cool when i first started when i met her and i was like whoa you speak hakka and it was it was cool but she speaks a different dialect of hakka too so That's she crazy. speaks more of the dominant version of hakka and i speak okay. more of the 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 minority version of the Hakka. Yeah, because you're soft. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, me being soft explains a lot of things, but yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, but if you travel to like places like Peru and stuff, the Chinese people you meet are probably Hakka people. Um, so they, a lot of the big, I guess, Chinese exodus outside of uh, uh, China, a lot of those people who established those roots were like Hakka people. Anyways... So my, 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 my thing is, my, my, my grandma grew up in the war, really weird, tough times, obviously. Comes over here, starting a new life. My dad, he has to establish himself, get a job. He's straight hustling. And 
you know as a as a like a you're, you're like an immigrant like a first generation immigrant right you you're you're trying to you don't you don't like he actually came well he came for school like they moved to canada because it was a better education system and stuff but really it's not like we had like tons of money and you're you're hustling to make money get jobs and really establish yourself in, in a country right and then me being and you know i'm like third generation but by the time like now like it's a lot better of a situation that i'm growing up in i don't have to grow up in a war or anything like that right. so we, we we should be softer right I think so because I think you gain what you lose in the hardness you hopefully gain in like your kids every generation because your dad is probably softer than yeah. your grandfather right yeah. I mean yeah and that 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 kind of makes sense I mean it's there's got to be a limit to it because I can't imagine Jack being any softer <laughs> like I don't know um, and 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 it's funny how it's almost like uh, you know, like one of the universals in, in life, in like the universe is like entropy, right? So things go from order to chaos. And I think that it kind of makes sense where things were very simple back then. And that's mm -hmm. actually why they were harder. Like why the, because there was much less choice, much less, everything was a very almost like binary life or death kind of decisions. And it was very... Uh, simple but terrifying and horrible for all these kind of reasons and now mm -hmm. as like it's gotten more chaotic there's so much choice and diversity but it kind of that allows us to be soft or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it because yeah. we, we the world is you can't operate so kind of binary in a simple way because the world is just not simple anymore it's 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 objectively more complicated than it was in our mm -hmm. grandfather's uh, generation, right? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, and it's funny. So my, my business partner, I, I've talked about him a few times here, Aaron. So he's, um, I think he's the same as you third mm -hmm. gener, third generation or second. No, he might be. I guess, I, yeah. No, I'm, no, he, I'm second. So yeah. 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 So like his parents, um, have a, like they're, uh, from, Gosh, I can't remember where his dad's from. Um, oh, from Nepal, like kind of like Mongolia, mm -hmm. kind of. Um, mm -hmm. um, I hope I'm getting that geography right, but more um, that kind of region. And his mom is from Hong, Hong Kong, mm -hmm. and he. So we've talked about this a lot. Like, he, talk about ambition. I mean, his level of hustle is on another level, and he calls it like Asian hustle. Mm -hmm. And he has a this like switch that I don't have. And he, and he doesn't even need it. Like he's, he's so successful now that he doesn't need that switch, but mm -hmm. he can't turn it off. It's, it's something. And when, when we talk about it and we kind of go deep on it, a lot of it comes down to like living up to the sacrifice that his, he knows that like his dad and his grandfather, like he has a more visceral connection to the sacrifices of his family. Right. Mm hmm and my parents and my or my family lineage i'm sure had a ton of shit in there but mm -hmm. the sacrifice is that much more removed you know mm -hmm. and maybe that's what happens where you just you don't hear the stories anymore like um i, I don't know but i yeah there, there, there's definitely something about the uh without just stereotyping asians with a broad brush but I mean, again, like he calls it Asian hustle and a lot of his friends that he works with 
are are Asian as well. And I just see Mm -hmm. it when I'm with them. I'm like, man, like there's a, it's a different, it's so resourceful. That's the right word. Like Mm. you, there's always an opportunity to be, to be had. And it's, it's never enough. There, there's never, you you make, you make a million dollars a year. You, okay. So how are we going to get to five? Like, um, Mm -hmm. it's not even a question. There's, and there's no breaks. There's no time to kind of, like, I'm like, dude, like, just relax. Like, and he says the same thing with me. He's like, he he jokes that like I have that same kind of um, because he's, he's like, Asian dude, hustle. like, yeah, like you're doing well, man. Just like relax a little bit. And I'm like, no, no, like there's there's something like, uh, no, I can I can always be better, you know? Yeah. And anyway, yeah, it's um, I, I do worry about the the kind of coddling going forward. I think that. Like like my dad, <laughs> oh god, uh, Christina might uh, hope she doesn't listen. To them. Like my my dad thinks like Jack is already soft, <laughs> and he he's had a talk with me like how he he's already worried that like Jack's gonna be just like uh, he he hasn't used the word like spoiled yeah. or like brat. But he, yeah. I know that's what he wants to say, but he's not going to say it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because that's like my biggest fear, actually, is that, you know, Jack has so much opportunity and he's so lucky in so many ways. But, you know, you read about, the, you know, you just look at the hashtag like rich kids of Instagram. And I mean, God, we're not even even in that ballpark. But it's like if he complains about mediocre things that's not going to fly with me you know i mean he's got it pretty good and he needs to know that and um anyway i don't know that's like my biggest fear is that he has a sense of entitlement that um uh, given how much attention and and love he gets it's not it's going to be easy to 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 build that so i don't know i'm trying to be like i find i think i think my my older nephew nolan he i think he's soft so i'm trying to toughen him up and sometimes he doesn't get his way and I'll just be hard on him and like, or like he gets in a fight with his little brother, his brother takes his toy. Nolan doesn't like it. He starts crying and I'll just have a stern talking with Nolan. I'm like, dude, you, you're not, you're not a baby anymore. You, you, you gotta, <laughs> and it's like a serious conversation with him that, and I'm like, oh man, like, I don't even know if he's comprehending this. Am I being a dick right now? But I don't want him to be soft, and I almost feel like maybe that's a bad approach on my end. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Do you, what, yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. Like okay, okay. Hard, hard question here. But okay, would you rather Jack be a bully or be bullied? Oof, oh, that's a tough one. I, I wow, that's a really good question. I think I'm gonna have to go with be bullied. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not sure. I I really don't know how I feel about this because I've um, never I've never met a well-adjusted. Okay, if Jack's a bully, that's that's my fault. Like, I've never met like a well-adjusted bully. Bullies yeah. are, are compensating for some deep things that didn't yeah, happen yeah. or something. Now, I think. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a really tough. Um, that's 
yeah i i it's a complicated question because yeah because like um oh man this is going to take us in a totally i'm going to try not to tangent this too much and we might lose some listeners here because the name i'm about to drop is a very controversial name right now have you heard or listened to the writings or youtubes of a jordan b peterson no okay okay no so not going to get into his history, but he's very controversial right now. Professor at U of T who... Oh, yeah. You mentioned this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. A lot of people now think he's this like alt-right, like mm-hmm. he's not. But um, he... So he wrote this book called 12 Rules for Life or something. I just finished it. And I'm not sure if it's up there with one I'm going to re-listen to a lot. But mm-hmm. he has like one... He has one kind of rule or whatever in my mind that's just so basic and... The idea is like um, he calls it like uh, clean your room, okay. And it's just like don't don't complain or pick on people. Like don't that's the word I'm trying to like. If your shit's not together, don't complain about other people's shit. So if if you have like a messy house or a messy room, like don't try to change the world. Like how Mm -hmm. dare you? think that you can change the world if you like can't clean up your fucking room so why don't you try cleaning up your room for a week and see if you can do that and then if you can do that maybe you could try to like clean up your house and then clean up your 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 class and then clean up your like don't so many of these millennials they they want to like change the world and then they they can't even like keep their room clean so it's like and it's kind of like a straw man kind of basic argument but i think about this a lot when it comes to you know, kind of raising like a man or like a boy. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's not about being bullying. Like it's not like, so the question's not about, because bullies inflict pain and suffering. And I don't think I would ever want Jack to be a um, a vehicle of of pain and suffering. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you, but I want him to, to know like that he's got to like clean his room and that he's got to be, assertive and he's got to take control of the shit in his world like that's his responsibility nobody else's Mm -hmm. and i wonder though that if you impart too much of those kind of ideals do you start to become a bully not like a physical like i'm going to beat you up but do you become like a i don't know like an idea bully or something i don't know like sometimes i think i'm kind of a bully like yeah i i'm a bully at hubba when i when i have when I think I'm right or when I have data to show that I'm right, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a bully and you're mm-hmm. like I'm <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to really dig into a position and I'm sure people are like wow, Kent's being a real dick. Mm-hmm. And um so in that case I feel like that's okay, but I don't know. When I think bully, I just think of like beating people up. And I got bullied as a kid. Lance Robertson, if you're out there, you uh, <laughs> you, you you shaped a part of my psyche. And it's, um, it, it, it's weird. Like bullying is really it's different because I I think uh, for me going through elementary school, high school, it's almost bullying is almost like a red. It used to be like a rite of passage. So you were like an older kid. You were the younger one. You got picked on. And then you got older, you picked on the younger kid. And it was almost like we weren't going to, like, kick the shit out of these kids or something. But, you know, if they had a snowman, we would kick it down. Or, you know, 
we might throw snowballs at some kids and but when we were younger the same thing happened to us or when younger kids were yep. on the basketball court we kicked them off and we we play basketball um well and see but i think that's different though so what you're getting at there is almost like um it's almost like the dominance hierarchy kind of thing so yeah you're the same way that you know gorillas and shit will like test each other it's that same kind of you know that that to me is just normal behavior especially i think from for men for males like i think there's a again going back to this like so much of my lens now is this like evolutionary stuff like we just can't deny our biology like we um like if you stand up straight and lean your shoulders back you release serotonin and you feel more confident like there's a reason Mm -hmm. why they teach soldiers how to stand in their first week in the military because you you become more confident and Mm -hmm. that comes straight from what you just described like when you're on the in the schoolyard like you it is a rite of passage to like kick down the snowman and if you can't take that as the younger if if the younger kid can't take that and like the, the question is like what if they um I always think about the, like for me, my, one of my foundational experiences was like working on a construction site. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that the laws are such that Jack can do this too. And I would totally force him to <laughs> go work on a construction site because like when you work with blue collar workers and I did for about six years, you, it's all about knocking you off of a block. Like you're, yeah. you're yeah. being mentally picked on every single day and they will if you make a mistake if you if you show any sign of weakness you just get roasted and mm-hmm. to me that's really healthy and i think it was good i i think yeah. it, it was character building to be honest exactly yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i think that it teaches you how to you know fire a good comeback it teaches you how to have a thicker skin there's a lot of benefits to that so if that's the kind yeah. of bullying you mean like that to me is constructive in that it's it's um, so, teaching you yeah but like yeah so I, I i guess there is there's benefits to be a bully or be bullied but it's the magnitude of that bullying that you would draw that line right like i would be beside myself if i found out that Jack was literally like inflicting damage on kids. Like that reflects totally on bad yeah. parenting. I don't know in my mind. But, so Abby the other day, um, a friend came like not another friend, like another baby came over and kind of took her toy. And Abby just like shoved the kid in the face <laughs> Yeah. And they took the toy back. And, you know, they're, they're like little babies and stuff. So it probably doesn't mean anything. But inside, I was really proud. And I I was like, you know, I was like, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry about that. But inside, I was like, yeah, yeah, Abby. Yeah, you, you get oh, yours, yeah. you know. Um, but when it was the other way, there was like a bigger baby that came another time, like a much bigger baby, took her toy and just like, and the kind of like shoved her a bit and she just took it. And I was like, come on, Abby, like, come on, man. <laughs> well, well, yeah. And like, sometimes like Emma is so strong willed compared to Jack. They're, they're completely different kids. And Emma is the dominant one. Like mm-hmm. she's two, two and a half, two and a half years younger and half Jack's size. But 
if she takes like she'll just like grab something from Jack and then he'll start crying and she'll smack him. She'll just like hit him. <laughs> and then she feels bad though and she'll like give him a hug because like she knows that like she's not supposed to hit. So yeah. but like and 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 yeah, I'm trying to teach Jack like, hey, that's okay. Like, you know, you um <laughs> not like fight your sister, but uh but yeah, it's it, oh, I think it's just telegraphing <laughs> how crazy things are going to get when they enter public school like for me one of the more stressful times in life is in the summertime when you when you you know like i don't know about you guys but every saturday we just sort of have a ritual we take our kids to a park and you know they're playing with other kids and stuff like that and it's just really interesting those first few times when you're you're again like jack is in the 99th percentile for height so i mean he's Mm. a big uh three a big four-year-old let's say because he's turning Mm. four soon and but it actually gives him a disadvantage because six-year-olds think that he's six Mm. and they'll talk to him or try to play a game with him that he can't really understand yet Mm -hmm. and then they'll like make fun of him or they'll like um and you know so just watching how they deal with that stuff like you want to intervene so bad and you just yeah. can't. There's like playground rules. Like you just cannot. Yeah, yeah, unless, yeah, yeah. unless like a, a broken limb is going to happen, even yeah. if it's like a scraped knee or a broken or like a bleeding nose, like you have to let that, in my mind, you kind of got to let that roll. Um, yeah. Unless you think there's like a, in my mind, it's like if someone's going to break a limb, I intervene. <laughs> um, yeah. But if you're going to like scrape your knee or, you know, uh, you're you're not going to get any, I'm not, I'm not coming in to rescue. Yeah. No, um, I think that's good though. I I, 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 think, I say I, that, and if if my wife was here, she'd be like, "Are you kidding me? You are like a the biggest <laughs> helicopter parrot." Like Christina's so much better at this than I am. Like she has a very natural way of letting them kind of get into trouble, but not get into too much trouble. I always err on, you know, the taking them out a little bit too yeah. soon. Well, okay. It's funny that you say that about kind of Emma and Jack because like. Um, Elliot, who's the, my my younger nephew, he does the same shit to Nolan. He like picks on him. He like takes his stuff, and he is a lot more hard. And I think when they grow up, Elliot's gonna take care of Nolan. And it, honestly, he so Elliot just started um, like school, and it's only February. It's February. It's middle middle of February right now. He's gotten in trouble every week for bullying a kid for either tripping someone pushing someone he punched Jeez. some kid once oh my and god it's just like but he's like a super sweet kid but he's just a little crazy um right or, but he's yeah. <laughs> but he's a little he's very like kind of strong-willed and i wonder is it because he's the second one as is as like emma is your second and you just don't have as much time to coddle because you're dealing with two kids now that they oh, just yeah. naturally become yeah. a little bit more um, independent. Yep, that that's a great point, and and it's pro- okay. So the, the other thing that I think is at, at play is that part of it's like almost that we we are good parents for Jack, where he knows he's bigger than Emma, and mm-hmm. he could just like push her over if he wanted to, mm-hmm. and sometimes he does. And I think when he first did that, we were so like we we reinforce that as like not good behavior mm-hmm. that like he kind of gives us this look like hey she just hit me i <laughs> yeah. can't I, I can't hit her like and, and she doesn't understand i can't talk to her i can't yeah. hit her and i can't talk to her so like what am i supposed to do dad like 
Um, and because the look he gives <laughs> is almost this like it's like this defeated look like he yeah because he knows he's going to get in trouble if he pushes her over even though he probably wants to so yeah it's a weird is, um yeah yeah nolan had the same conversation with me because he's like what what do you what am i supposed to do because he's like you know he he hits me and then everyone just like kind of holds him or like you know he's always in the right because i can't hit him back and i need to set a good example for him uh, i'm supposed to be like the good brother and because Nolan's he's older now he can communicate a lot, a lot of this stuff but it's it's funny because it's exactly like what you're talking about yeah um, which to me is like your 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 brother this is your brother and his kids yeah 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 like i think it'd be kind of weird too if the older kid was just like terrorizing the younger kid like that that's not that's not good either then to me the the parents haven't set boundaries like hey you're like way bigger than this thing like you could yeah. really hurt <laughs> your younger yeah, brother yeah. um so maybe as they grow up though and like who knows like maybe they'll shift maybe you, you, the older one will surprise you and nolan will you know realize it's like okay now i can treat you differently like you can you can take it now or something i don't know maybe he's yeah. uh more aware but um, even even with Abby, man, I'm trying to be be, be hard, but I, 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 it's so hard to be hard because I just don't see her that much. So when I see her, I want to hold her and pick her up and all this. And Alicia's like, just put her down. Let her just play by herself. She's fine. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to hold her. And yeah, dude, it, 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 it's just, it's just going to get worse. It's just reinforcing this right now. And uh, she knows I'm going to be the soft one. I'm going to totally be that helicopter parent jumping in. Oh man, like last night, so it's Valentine's or two nights ago, three three nights ago, Valentine's Day. And uh Jack so Christina, again, she's really good. Like she pushes him way more than I do. Like all, all the skills he has is like cause Christina's kind of pushing him. Mm-hmm. And she gets him to write out the names of all of his friends. There's mm-hmm. thirty three people in his class. So he's writing and he's three and a half. So he, he knows how to print or like kind of write, but she you know, she's like saying each letter okay evan like e and then you know it does an e v and it's, it's taking a long time mm-hmm. so so he gets to like 33 out of 36 wow and, okay and uh but then like he refuses to kind of do the last three and she gets upset she's like you know what like you know go upstairs like you know no we have a thing where it's like if they're good at night they can watch kind of like half an hour of a movie before bed and you mm-hmm. really wanted to watch coco and she's like nope you're not watching coco like go up to bed and like we'll be up, like go get your PJs on, and we'll come up and whatever. And we have a rule, like we never contradict each other when the kids are around. Okay. But yeah. he walked upstairs, and I was like, Christina, like he got thirty three out of thirty six. Like you were at that for forty <laughs> minutes. Like he kept his, he doesn't keep his attention for forty minutes on anything. And she's like, really? Like you want your son to give up when there's only three left? Like no, like, we can't. <laughs> We can't reinforce that. And and I was like, I thought about it. I was like, man, like, I don't know if I agree with you. And then the more I thought about it, though, it's like, she's kind of right, though. Like, he definitely had three more in the tank, you know? Like, he, it, it definitely was there. It's not like he was falling asleep or he wasn't, he, he easily could have done those last three. And so somewhere in there, there's a balance of, like, my 
helicopter softness. Christina's more like pushing him. And I think we, we, we reached like a happy medium. But yeah. I think that I need to index a little bit more on her side because really when I look at like a lot of the cool things he can do, it's things that like Christina has really pushed him to do. Like I don't know how much of it I can really take a lot of credit for. So um, <laughs> good, good, good as the enemy of great, man. Uh, right, I know, and oh man, yeah, it's um, I, it's yeah, yeah, um, and I, I have one, one, one more thing about kids, I guess, and this is because you know it's Chinese New Year. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. But um, my biggest fear actually right now is losing a sense of culture. I don't want Chineseness mm. to die with me. Wow. Okay. And it it's it's probably gonna die with me. Like it's like my Chinese. Like so, I speak a bit of Cantonese as well, right? And my mom obviously grew up in Hong Kong. She's fluent in Cantonese. Um, but even my language is like it's more like Chinglish. Like I, it's broken Chinese. I can get by in like Hong Kong at a restaurant and stuff. I can get by. I can't read. And, you know, in a proper conversation, I would be outed right away as being a fake. (laughs) Yeah. Immediately, like in the first like five seconds. Right. So now I'm like, how do I teach Abby like a language if I don't really speak it that well? Or if I speak Hakka, but Alicia speaks a different dialect, I'm like, fuck, that's that's not going to work. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know how, how. So language is kind of out the window right away okay unless my only other option is like we move to china for like six months or something we both learn mandarin together or something at a certain age i don't know i'm not sure and and because of the so because of my my buddy aaron i know a little bit about the kind of cantonese mandarin debate and like yeah he he wishes dying dying language yeah like he wishes he knew mandarin but at the same time he feels like that's like insulting his heritage yeah. too so yeah. he yeah. is like emboldened to teach his daughter uh, and cantonese. son cantonese yeah. even though yeah. he knows that that's not maybe the best objective yeah. reality um For sure. are, you, are you in the same boat yeah 100 percent, man huh. um, and, and you can't do both like it's is it is it so different that it's um it's they're completely different man that's so weird how did that happen like, see this is why i bought like, the, at great, least the, the, the great the, courses history yeah. of china like how the hell does that happen i want to know like if, even even the writing is different, man. Like if you go to like people in mainland China, they 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 use like simplified Chinese, and in Hong Kong, it's traditional Chinese. So even the reading of like of things are different, and the spoken word is is yeah, they're 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 different, man. Completely different, um, similar but but completely different. Uh, so um, that blows my mind. Okay, yeah. So would you like have you thought about doing? Um like uh, Saturday or Sunday school. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can do Saturday school or whatever. And honestly, my parents put me through that, and I just straight cheated my way through through Chinese school. <laughs> and was, like, I don't think I learned uh, learned much at all. Oh um, man. <laughs> so, but then okay. So there's language, but there's also just the sense of like history and culture and like <laughs> all of that. Like, just you know, you're talking like two thousand years of like just traditions and stuff, and that's like kind of out the window now. Like I don't, I don't know. Like you know, Chinese people in general. Like so, I came home. Alicia's pretty Chinese, okay. 
So she's like, uh, okay, we have some noodles and we have dumplings. Noodles are supposed to, you're supposed to eat this because it signifies like a long life. And dumplings are supposed to signify like prosperity. So you're supposed to eat it. I'm like, how the fuck do you even know this? And she's like, right. oh, because my parents, you know, they're, this, this is how they are. And tomorrow we got to yeah. eat a, a whole steam fish, okay? And you're, <laughs> and you're not allowed to shower tomorrow um, because you don't wash away your fortune, all this, right? Yep. And, you know, it's kind of like from, as a Canadian person, it's kind of, it sounds kind of hokey. Sure, but but at the same time, I'm like, no, I I, I almost I want to keep up the tradition, and but there's things like that, and there's so many nuanced little things, and you know, um, you know, Chinese people super superstitious, right? So like chopsticks, you you should never like in a bowl of rice just stick your chopsticks in there. It's like it's super bad luck because it signifies like it looks like a tombstone kind of thing, you know? Um, well, wait, well, no, I don't know. Wait, what? Okay, so so you take you take chopsticks. So you have, you okay. have a bowl of rice. Okay, sure. so you have a bowl of rice. And you take ch- chopsticks and you just stab them in the middle of the bowl of rice. Okay, it oh, just it it's looks, like it's like it, a mound, and then you have like, like yeah. a tombstone. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like I got when I was younger, I got cussed out for doing that one time, and then I was like, okay, cool, never <laughs> wow, again. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, or just small things like when you you pour tea for people, people yes. do like the two finger, you know, double tap, you know. Um, and you gotta, you know, and just like, uh, you know, in, in Chinese culture, it's a huge like Confucianism kind of uh, influence. So a lot of right. just like heritage, uh, family, heritage, yeah. yeah, respecting elders, all that stuff, right. right? Right. But there's just so much stuff, and like I don't know, even Chinese soups or food and things. It's like I'm scared that it's gonna die with me, and like Abby, I'm already kind of whitewashed. Abby's just gonna be like total Canadian, and that that that's I, I'm I'm fearful of that man. Well, and what's funny is I see it happening on so with Christina's side. Christina's the eldest. Her mm. parents were raised with Italian as their first language, mm. and then but obviously they learned English through, all throughout school, so they're completely fluent in in dialect and in normal Italian. So like Roman okay. Italian and in their own dialects which are com- kind of like you were saying, they're completely different. Like yeah. her mom's from the north, her dad's from the south. You would not understand the two dialects. They're, they're completely different. Mm. Yeah. And um, Christina sp- uh, speaks way better than she lets on, but she's not mm. kind of like you. Like she can get by, um, mm. but she understands everything. Mm-hmm. Her brothers are a little weaker because they're, again, they're just like, they're the they're not the firstborn. There's like even just a little bit of dilution even just yeah. within the family. Yeah. And now with our kids, we're trying to, she has that same feeling. It's like, man, like we don't, we don't want these. Now we're very, she's very lucky on her side. She has, her grandparents are still, um, like she has um, two grandparents. They're actually quite healthy. So like Jack has great grand, great grandparents that he knows. Wow. And, and we wow. go visit like every week and like, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing so he has like and they really like ham up the italian um yeah stuff yeah, yeah. when he when he's yeah. around because you can tell it's like their it's their way of like trying to make sure this lives on so i think we'll probably do some kind of italian thing but the, what we kind of talked about is just if we have the the means to just go visit italy a lot so mm-hmm. we're gonna try to make an italian pilgrimage part of our you know of our like yeah, we're going to go to Italy a lot as a family, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Like, we're going to, 
Um, we're going to go spend time with relatives and cousins in Italy. And we're going to, you know, kind of mm. like you were saying, yeah, like, yeah, go to yeah, China yeah. for six months. Like, yeah. I feel like that's a, a more, like, you maybe you would have, and again, we, it's expensive to do that every mm. two years. So I don't know mm. how often we'll we'll do it. And, and your parents probably would have loved to have gone back to China with you guys every year. But money was probably tight and they couldn't you mm-hmm. know, afford to fly the whole family back. Mm-hmm. Um, I should, but, I should yeah. say Hong Kong. I shouldn't say really say China, but Sorry, yeah. 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 But what's interesting, and, and then for me, I have nothing. None. I have no culture. Really? Nothing. No, none. There so is where, no... Where, where, was your, where were your grand, grandparents born? So I'm like a quarter Irish, English, German. Oh, sorry, I guess I'm like, yeah, German, Irish, and English. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny for the longest time, my dad said we were Dutch as well. We had a quarter Dutch yeah. and like my grandma swore up and down that like she had Dutch blood, like royalty or something like that. We all got yeah. our 23 and me done. Yeah. No, not any, <laughs> no, no Dutch at all. Uh, none all like just, just were like munja cake, white bread from England, a little bit of Irish. Okay. okay. And my, my grandfather was German. So, yeah. um, but I have I'm I'm Canadian like that and yeah. but the, the funny thing is I'm Italian I speak yeah. Italian I speak I understand Italian like because of Christina mm. she's assimilated me because her culture is just so much cooler than mine like Italians are amazing I love the Italian culture yeah and um, so much more fun than my like I don't know I don't even know what I even have from a culture well, standpoint when you just kind of learn by osmosis right like and she has like really strong family ties because that's you know it's a, that's huge in the Italian culture I imagine just like Chinese people and so you're just around it all the time yeah and, exactly yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. I mean like we have like weird things that like so like my mom was born and raised in Newfoundland so hmm. like I put um condensed milk like you know like uh yeah canned milk on cereal yeah. like that, that's about <laughs> really? as, like that's a tradition in the sense of like that that's what i'm bringing to the fight is putting <laughs> basically cream on cereal um and like that's about it like <laughs> like when i when i look back at like customs that we have it's like yeah like oh yeah we put carnation milk on our cereal and for all i know that was just a weird thing that my mom's family did and that everybody else thinks is weird too you know so, what though, that sounds like it tastes amazing though oh it's so good i, I just yeah. grew up thinking that's what cereal was like yeah drinking 35 percent cream with a whole bunch of sugar on my cereal do do, um, do we sorry sorry does, does jack and emma do you guys do you give oh, God, the no, traditional no. cereal to them no i no i never do that um well like but one day i will and yeah, that'll be you should. funny you should, yeah. you should totally do it but um wow. yeah I, I i can imagine that it's and imagine um well and like so uh you know being white my um you know i christina i talk all the time i mean christina are both white but the chances of jack and emma marrying a white person are slim in in in, in canada like there's a better chance they're not going to marry a white person and that's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun to see, like, what's the, how is this culture going to change? Um, where, like, a, like a friend of mine um, that I went to university with, uh, you know, fell in love and 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 married someone from Africa, mm. and now he has like, you know, like we'll talk to him, and he has all these really, like, very strange but kind of cool, like, tribal African 
customs because that's his family. Like he married into this kind of family and like he's like a six foot five white guy and he interesting but it's kind of cool how he's just totally embraced that and um you know just he's like learning as well like it's all it's all new for him too so it's um yeah it'll be (laughs) interesting it'll be interesting to see like what what kind of happens in the next uh like, are we all just going to whitewash even more and just kind of become this cultureless Canada and that'll become the... Yeah, maybe. You know, or I mean, I, like when I asked um, my my wife's uh, grandparents, like, why did they come to Canada? A lot of it really was, even back then, that they felt like they could be Italian in Canada. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they went to America, they'd be American. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to be Italians who happened to live in Canada. And... Um, Anyway, it's interesting kind of hearing like why they chose um, Canada, not like Hawaii or California or Florida or, you know, they yeah. chose like Montreal. <laughs> like, wow, that my, sounds cold. My, my dad was telling me that when they were in Jamaica deciding where to immigrate to, it was either between Toronto or Peru, like Lima and Peru, because wow. they had they had some connection. They, they knew some they had some family there. So because we're at the Raptor game and this is when my dad told me because he's like aren't you happy to be you know we came to Toronto I'm like what was the other option he's like Peru I was like what the fuck like Peru like I didn't even know that was on the table that's so weird and yeah like really cool at the same time um when you picture like how different your life would be um yeah like if like those all those little decisions that have led you to where you are now if you think about what could have changed and how like we wouldn't be having this podcast like yeah it's um yeah it's wild when you think about all that stuff yeah it's, it's i don't know like it, it's it's also just um i don't know it, it's weird it's weird too because like you know abby's going to be third generation canadian she's going to like we said she's going to be more canadian than she is going to be chinese but um and i'm going to tie this back to the, to like the book stuff we were talking about earlier like so my, my thing this year is like i'm gonna not, it's not really my thing, but I'm, I'm kind of, I also think books are kind of a pencil problem because um, I Whoa, feel like it's okay. just, it's just all this like kind of knowledge acquisition of things that I don't really care or I think I care about, but I don't really use. And is it just a distraction from just doing stuff? So anyways, I started moving to just maybe um, a lot more just biographies or fiction stuff, but just more leisure reading, like fun reading. Okay. This is my new thing. I'm trying to move away from self-help stuff or like kind of social psychology business that you eat books and more just like fun, fun, fun reading. So interesting. Okay. I, I was reading this book, uh, Fresh Off the Boat. You know, you know the TV <laughs> show, Fresh Off the Boat. So um, Eddie Huang, he 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 wrote the book, and he's like from the TV show. He's like the 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 kid that is kind of narrating that show. It's based on his wait, life. Is he the vice guy? Yeah, yeah, the vice guy. The the chef? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so he's cool. So I actually want to read that book because yeah. I was I wanted to just <laughs> yeah, yeah. read more writing of just like real real honest writing. And yeah. but anyways, he talks about like how um it it was weird for him to grow up because he was of a Taiwanese background, but he was growing up in America and he belonged in either. He was kind of Taiwanese but he didn't belong in America, but he was too white to belong in in taiwan do you know what i mean Um, yeah yeah like he was almost like in no man's land yeah but i i think as like you know as an asian person 
for Abby's using. Like even right now, I get all the time. You, you don't have to deal with this, but like people ask me, like, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, Canada." No, no, like, like, where, where are you really, really from? And I'm like, really? uh, "Yeah." I was like, oh, "I was, I was born here." Oh, uh, like you know, but or or you know, like you, you're, but you're, you're like Asian, right? I'm like, "Oh, um, yeah, my family's from like Hong Kong or something, or <laughs> Wait from a Jamaica you, or whatever." You, you still get that now? Yeah. All oh, the time, hang on. Like, like kind of a funny thing on that note. So I was talking to some people at work who listen to the podcast and somehow it got brought up that you were Asian okay. and they were like, what? Nick's Asian? It's like, yeah. Really? Oh, okay. They're like, oh man, I had no idea. And I was like, really? Like, and it's just funny how if you've never seen us before, you don't, I don't know, maybe our voice, I yeah. don't know. It was just interesting. They were like, oh, I didn't. And, and the person who said it was Asian and mm. you could see there was like this like light. It was like, Oh, like I don't know. It was weird. It was like, yeah, it's like Yeah, you gained more cred or something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wow. So you still get people who come up to you and and will say like that they're trying yeah. to figure out: Are you like, are you Chinese? Are you Japanese? Are you? Yeah, man. Um, and, wow. and I was talking to my coworker about this because she's um, so she's Taiwanese and she's actually dating um like a white guy. I don't know like where he's from originally, but. She was like, I hate it because we travel in the States a lot. And in the taxi, like in taxis, they'll ask me, like, where are you from? And if I say Canadian, they'll do the where are you really from thing. So if I say Taiwanese, they'll say, like, but you, you speak, your English is so good. And she's like, there's just no winning. So, you know. Okay, so you need to you need to correct me then here. Okay, my go-to move. Okay. This is my go-to. Yeah. If I'm in an Uber, if I'm in a taxi... And the person has a visible accent. Like, you can tell English is not their language. Mm -hmm. I try to inject a little bit of positivity into their day. And no matter how bad their English is, I will have a quick conversation with them and say, oh, how long have you been in Canada for? Oh, you know, five years. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? Oh, okay. You're from Iran. That's cool. Wow, you speak very good English. And even if they don't speak very good English, they're like, really? Oh man, thank you so much. Like I, I'm always yeah, so yeah. nervous. And yeah. is that is that insulting? Should I drop this little beat? No, I, I think I think if it's definitely there's definitely like a first generation immigrant, I, I can see that being like amazing. Oh, like if I was right. just okay. In, so if I said that to yeah. like your dad or your like that's less. It's weird because you like are Canadian. Yeah, or like if you said to my dad, he'd be like, "What the fuck? I've been here for like forty years or whatever." Like, oh, I see. Okay, we're right. So you know, you're saying like unless it's a first. Like, if it's if it's if you're not a first generation, there's a chance you're gonna roll your eyes and be like, "What the hell is this guy?" Like, okay, probably, yeah. Gotcha. I I I, I kind of think so. Um, I also in my side side note, I I wonder if the Uber because I I do the same thing. Okay, I always chat them up. I I, I have a great conversation with them. I think, and I, I that's why I actually really enjoy about Ubers is that I feel like I can have these conversations and meet these new random people. Um. But I sometimes think that they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> like I think Alicia brought this up. She's like, "You always talk to these people. Do you? They probably think you're just annoying. Do you think they want to talk to you?" I'm like, "I, I don't know." She's like, "They're just probably after like a good star rating. And they have to. They feel like obliged to talk to you now." Yeah, that's a good point. I try to like feel them out. Mm. I, I try to. I think at least I think I do. But I'm a talker, so I I'll just start talking probably. But yeah. I know what you mean, though. There's definitely, 
Like, because then once you start talking, and if they're worried about their rating, they're like, fuck, now I better keep talking or else this person's <laughs> going to give me a bad rating. Um, and yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. Yeah. I, and what I always heard is like the difference between Lyft and Uber is mm. if you get into a Lyft, you know you're going to have a conversation. If you get into an Uber, there's like a 90% chance you're not going to say a word. And it's just like, this is business. This is a transaction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Whereas like mm-hmm. Lyft is more of a community. So you're supposed mm-hmm. to like chat it up and like have a good little time and like get yeah, fist yeah. bump and all that jazz. That's kind of, I don't know if Lyft still has that reputation, yeah. but that was kind of always the rule that if you get into an Uber, if you, if you don't talk, they're not going to talk. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the deal. Like you mm-hmm. are as you basically a robot. You may as well be a robot. <laughs> I guess it's just because they're so mainstream now that it, it, they've taken over regular cabs and regular cabs you might not always chat them up exactly yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's the yeah whereas like Lyft's differentiator was like no man you're just like sharing a ride with a bro yeah you know, kind of more hippy dippy kind of uh... <laughs> uh, dude we, we didn't talk about what we were going to talk about today we at all we did not we did an hour and 53 minutes oh you know what though here's here's an interesting I think this is another experiment. So, okay, okay we were going to talk about a future direction. Okay, l- l- let me be honest with you. I've told mm-hmm. a few people this, some of our, three of our five listeners. So last week, we got a lot of good feedback because people mm-hmm. said that it basically sounded like a therapy session. So uh, thank you for the, for the positive feedback. The truth is that we actually recorded a lot more than what we showed last week, and I cut it into two episodes I then lost the second episode. So tonight's episode was supposed to be us talking about the future of the podcast, which is what we did in the first hour of the last episode that you didn't hear because I cut it out. So <laughs> we didn't talk about any of that. But what's interesting is that over the past week, we have been talking about the conversation we had last week that you guys haven't heard yet about <laughs> what we said the future <laughs> of the pod was. No, not, not confusing at all. And... But the cool thing is that I think this is an experiment in part of what we're thinking of doing is do we go more of like bringing on a guest and do like an interview every once in a while or do people actually want to just hear us talk about random stuff? And this is definitely one of those episodes where oh, we, totally, just, man. we just literally had no – we just talked. Like this is yeah. like what a – yeah. So – let us know, really. Like, I'm very curious to know how this is going to land. I, I have a feeling it might not land well. I don't know. Um, this episode? I, th- I don't know. Like, I, I th- this is I, literally just listening to you and I talk about. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, there's no, like, we didn't talk about any of our progress on our projects or anything. And, and maybe we shouldn't. Let's just, like, let's just drop the mic and, and see what the feedback is. Um, and yeah. then we're definitely going to be experimenting with some some guests, so stay tuned for that. But maybe we shouldn't get into the whole idea of the vision going forward. I think that's another. We need to save that for another episode. Yeah, yeah, right? let's do that. Yeah, yeah. And that, I think that's already another another two hours right there. Exactly. Well, I mean, but again, this is fun. Like, if we, I keep coming back to this idea of like, if we just make this about us, it might take us a long time. But I do think we'll find an audience. But anyway, but yeah, you anyway. We'll we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I'm curious to know what the feedback is. So if you thought this was really boring and you and you dropped out, you won't even hear this. If you made it this far, you know, 
uh, hello at pencilproblems.com and tell us um, what you thought. Yeah, um, it's it's actually weird. I just checked the the email and we actually got some emails and I was like, whoa, that that's odd. Uh, <laughs> and just replying to people who had positive thoughts about the or just thoughts in general about the 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 podcast is just still really weird for me. Me too. Like so, uh, Cherry, if you're listening again, hey, what's up? Um, she again it was like a weird like she's like oh yeah like i was listening to your 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 guys podcast while i was like just like making dinner on the weekend and mm. um i was like what wow like that that's like a very humbling like you don't you have a lot of options <laughs> you know you you there's a lot of things you could listen to um and and then that's when i asked her like what why <laughs> like yeah. and and she said like you you're just you, um, you know, you just have like really, you're very introspective and you have really interesting conversations. And uh, how did your friend summarize what we, what we did? So when I initially asked him, he gave me a really like almost like a paragraph long explanation of what the pod is. Which is and what then, we're worried about, right? Cause we, yeah. we cover so many different things. Okay. But then today, uh, he told me, he's like, you know what it is? It's conversations that I want to be a part of. And I thought that was really nice and succinct. That's a very, uh, but that's such a, uh, that's almost too much for me. Like, that's a very big thing to say. Like, um, like I'm humbled by that. Like, that's a really yeah. cool, that's a very yeah. high compliment. So. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's, this, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's Davin. Davin, who's a Davin. play designer on, on our, in, at Sego. He designs a bunch of our apps that we make. And uh, wow, yeah, well, but he, he's a, he's a big fan though. And he's, he's been telling everybody at Sego to check it out and. <laughs> They're threatening to put it on Slack. They're like, this needs to be put on Slack. I'm like, don't oh do it. God. It's not, not ready. And I'm getting ready. all like imposter syndrome yeah. with it. I'm like, uh. Well, so, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. And you said Davin? Yeah, Davin. So Davin, um, just throwing it out there. You guys are killing it. I was, um, if you guys don't know, uh, I was walking by the TIFF store with, um, with one of my employees, with one of my like team members and we were, um, we saw the Sego toys and I was like, man, like you guys are killing it. And then, um, when I, when you asked me today, if, uh, I could rally a couple parents to do like a little focus group test thing, mm-hmm. I posted it in our, <clears throat> in our parenting Slack group. Mm. And a few people were like, Oh my God, like, you know, you know, the guys at Sego, like, I love those games. Like, yeah, I like, uh, of course I'll come. So yeah, yeah cool. it's pretty cool. Like there's definitely, you're doing awesome work. So Oh, that, that, that's that's awesome, man! Thanks. Yeah. So, um, no pressure, but uh, don't <laughs> don't fuck it up. All right. When you, are you guys, so you got like three or four people. Three or four people for sure are gonna come whenever you. So actually, I have a I have a, a to do to follow up with like logistics now. So I'll uh, I'll hit you up with that, and you can tell us when okay. you uh, when you want us. Okay, definitely. Um, cool, dude. Have you finally made it. have you finally made a bedtime app that you're gonna charge fifty dollars for? No. Damn it. <laughs> well, you have Moonlight, man. That's what that's what Moonlight's for, right? Oh, we have some Sago content on that. I like Moonlight, but I don't think that's um I just just make an app that shows uh Jack, like the character Jack. Or okay, mm-hmm. no. Just make an app. <laughs> Davin, if you're are you, if you're listening, just design an app where you take the Sago characters. And they're all like doing something. So maybe like Jack is in the kitchen. Maybe like 
Jinja? Yeah, Jinja, yeah. Maybe Jinja's like, you know, doing a puzzle. And then you just go over and you put them to bed. You just tap them. And then they put on their PJs, they climb into bed, and they snore. And that's it. And if you make that up and you charged 10 bucks for it, I'll bet you you sell at least five copies of of that. Because five five copies is gonna make it worthwhile for sure. Okay, because listen, okay, last rant. Then we're gonna then I'll I'll shut up. There is this app called like Circus uh, Night Circus or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Fox and um, oh yeah, yeah. Fo- fo- Fox and sheep. Fox and sheep. And yeah. okay, it's a it's a nearly perfectly executed app. Yeah. Jack loves putting. This is before. Now he goes to sleep. Thank God. Whenever we yeah. ask him to, he's a great sleeper. Yeah. But before he would put the damn elephant to sleep, and the elephant would snore. But then, whoever thought this was a good idea, they would add this stupid little fly that comes flying on the screen, and it's really loud. And then when you press the button to like swat the fly, the elephant like wakes up, and then yet like goes kind of back to sleep. And it's like. Just, just let him snore. Like the whole point is that he's asleep, and you're trying to model that the elephant is asleep, so you should be asleep. Like, and then you're adding this distraction. Like, just, 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 just don't touch the fly. Just go with the sleep. Like, I'm. I even wrote them a letter. Like, I, I, I emailed them. Like, can you just remove this fly? Like, why did you put this in there? This is the stupidest thing. And um, they never did wrote they write back. back. They never uh-huh. wrote back. We were written back to you. Just just put Jinja to sleep. You can call the app, put Jinja to sleep. And just, you tap him, he puts on a hat, like a little cute hat that's like sort of tilted to the sides, kind of flannel. Maybe you can pick his PJs. And then you tap the bed, he climbs under the bed, and then he snores. And that's that's it. End scene. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, that, I think that that might be the next big hit, man. Um, That's it. No, but you heard, the, it, here, you heard it here the, first. <laughs> the Fox and Sheep app is actually it, it's it's nice. It's actually one of my uh, one of the, one of my favorite Fox and Sheep apps. I think Night Circus. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Yeah. Except it doesn't work on Apple TV anymore. Oh, it's like a known bug. When you load it up, it just loads a pink screen, and that's it. Mm. <laughs> and they haven't updated yeah. it in like months. That that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, okay. Uh, well, Davin, you 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 heard it here. So uh, let's let's get on that. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, you got at least uh, two dollars coming. Well, I, I subscribe to uh, Sego World, so you you already you already have my credit card. So just just charge it on the card and uh, All right. throw, throw, throw it inside the world. <laughs> we. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, if you load Sacred World at night, it's nighttime. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small, small little Man. flourish. You got like a, is that like an if else statement that's doing that? Uh, yeah, just look at your system clock. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had like a whole actually night day simulation going on. So depending on actually the time of day, it was it would get like, you know, the sun would be at a certain point and it would come down and it would just change the, the, the tint of the sky and everything else. And then Damn. it was it was too much. It was, yeah. no, no kid was going to play for 24 hours to see this gradual progression. So we just flip it at like six o'clock. Man, I was such a nerd when I was like, oh, so I was going to, I want to leave this question with you before we go. I don't think you would have been friends with me in high school. 
I think you would have been too cool for me. I wasn't very cool ever. I've never been cool. <laughs> and I think you were probably yeah. way cooler than me. So just for the record, I think if we went to the same high school, you would but have why been Why would you like, say that? I don't know. I just don't think like, okay, because I'm about to tell you why. Okay. Because I used to play Zelda a lot. And yeah. um, I would like just sit there and watch this, the day-night cycle of the Zelda world. Oh, okay. Like that's it. I would just like be like, wow, that's so cool that like the it's like gradually getting darker, and then I'd like wait and I'd be like, wow, let's do let's do that again. And I'd watch it like four or five times. Dude, something like, wrong with that. This is what I used to do. This is what I used to do, and um, I think you were like, you know, kicking snowmen down, and um, I think you would have kicked. I think you would have kicked down my snowmen. Yeah, I, I remember vividly this one time. I was it was like uh, recess. I forgot what time recess was, but. It was like five minutes to recess, and I swear it was like taken straight from like someone copied this from my life and put it into like one of these like high school drama things or elementary school drama things, like Diary of a Wimpy Kid or something. But I'm looking out the window and I see like two minutes or five minutes before the older kids, the grade eights, they got out and they were running toward my snowman that me and my friends built, and I was like, "Fuck!" and I was like so pissed, and I knew it was gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that so vividly. It scarred me, I guess, because I still remember it, obviously. And um, but it, it's character building. So uh, yeah, yeah, to to mild, mild uh, bullying, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, I take that back. <laughs> let's, let's remove that part from the pod. <laughs> well, and on that note, we will end. We will cut this episode. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, dude. Good chat. Right. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. One doesn't make the end of a composition the point of the composition. If that were so, the best conductors would be those who played fastest. <laughs> and there would be composers who wrote only finales. <laughs> People go to concert just to hear one crashing chord, because that's the end. <laughs> but we don't see that as uh, something brought by our education into our everyday conduct. We've got a system of schooling which gives a completely different impression. It's all graded. And what we do is we put the child into the corridor of this grade system with a kind of, come on, kitty, kitty, kitty. And yeah, you go to kindergarten, you know. And that's a great thing because when you finish that, you'll get into first grade. And then come on, first grade leads to second grade and so on. And then you get out of grade school, you've got high school, and it's revving up, the thing is coming. Then you're going to go to college. And by Jove, then you get into graduate school, and when you're through with graduate school, you go out to join the world. And then you get into some racket where you're selling insurance. And they've got that quota to make. And you're going to make that. And all the time, this thing is coming. It's coming. It's coming. That great thing, the, the success you're working for. Then when you wake up one day about 40 years old, you say, my God, I've arrived. <laughs> I'm there. And you don't feel very different from what you always felt. And there's a slight letdown because you feel there's a hoax. And there was a hoax. A dreadful hoax. They made you miss everything. We thought of life by analogy with a journey, with a pilgrimage, 
which had a serious purpose at the end, and the thing was to get to that end, success or whatever it is, or maybe heaven after you're dead. But we missed the point the whole way along. It was a musical thing, and you were supposed to sing or to dance while the music was being played. <laughs>